Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and here with me, I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Um, quite a week. Um, quite in, a week. In, in basketball, uh, men's basketball. Yeah, women's man. Basketball, women's basketball. Know. Oh shit! You're about to do this, aren't you? You at the start the show? To start the show, I, I, I yes. So, <sighs> oh god. Um, so I, I am an avid WNBA watcher, or I wouldn't say avid. I'm always plugged in at certain points or whatever. And, you know, someone that is a rather famous player over the last decade has been Maya Moore. Of course, UConn legend, multiple-time champion. I believe she's won MVP or two or something like I that. I believe so. Maya was with um, was at UConn with Tina Charles, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she was that addition. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I believe she won maybe three national titles. Sounds about true. right. Um, yeah, man. But uh, Maya Moore was in the news earlier this week on the timeline, and he was. Uh, it was a touching story of you know, of course, those of you guys that were following knew about her. Uh, help basically dedicating this season to uh, you know she 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 took a year off from the WNBA to fight for. Uh, various social justice causes and one of them um, happened to be she was getting a gentleman named Jonathan Irons out of prison for a crime that he did not commit Uh, Mr. Jonathan Irons has been in prison or had been in prison for 23 years so Michael Jordan numbers literally and um, he was freed this year and there was like a video on the timeline and, you know, when he came out and, you know, they were celebrating together and uh, lo and behold, 
Well, uh, well, 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 one one thing to note about the video is that she damn near collapsed to the ground, or did collapse to the ground. I think I think hand hit hit concrete when uh hands hit concrete um when it happened. Um, so continue. Yeah, like so when I, I was following the story in real time, I was like, man, that's a really nice story. Like she just got this guy out of jail. That's that's really nice. And then. Um, you know, I, I essentially wiped it from my life. I'm like, well, I don't have to pay attention to that anymore. But the story came back up that apparently Maya Moore and um, Jonathan Irons, two months later, have gotten married. Yes, and they announced it on Good Morning America um, with Robin Roberts. They talked about how they fell, they fell for each other. And there was also... Um, a ESPN PR Twitter that pointed out that they're they, they're going to produce a documentary based on their story or, the, or following their life and the events <clears throat> and um, continue on with the story. I just I'm just adding additional information as I as, as I saw it. Yeah. Uh, so when when this came across the timeline, um, I started thinking and James started thinking as well. Like, hold on. He was in jail for 23 years. How old is this Is this guy? Maya Moore. Um, she is in her early 30s. Two and two. And he's 41. Yeah. I'm like, well, when did they meet? <laughs> so, it was, according to the story... Uh, Maya Moore was headed towards, you know, going to Yukon and she was doing like some prison outreach th- thing through like uh, the church and something. And it was like, you know, some type of religious thing to where they reach out to prisoners and whatever. And then um, apparently they got connected and she fell in love all this time. Um,. Okay, or so it turned into love. Something happened, uh, and Jonathan Irons has uh, got the come up of all come ups, a finesse of the year nominee, because this is incredible. What what this man has accomplished? The story that we were told by by Maya Moore slash them is that Maya Moore was eighteen. She was doing, as he said, um, some type of outreach work through her church um, when she was 18 and met him while he was in prison and he at the time he was 27 or 28 and, he, and she's 18 um, buddy must have had all the so, game <laughs> okay so for me once I hear eight, once I hear that she was 18 and he's 27 or 28, the bat signal starts going off. The alarm starts sounding in my head. And, <laughs> and what alarm is that, James? Oh, there may have been grooming. There's a, there's a high likelihood of grooming going on here. Now, um, the thing about the, the story is it's a story. It's just a matter of time before somebody files a Freedom of Information Act, looks at his visitation uh, call sheet, or figures out 
how to track whenever Myrmore would have potentially first been to that prison. And we're going to find out exactly how old she actually really was at the time they first met. Um, I, For their sake, I hope it really is 18. Because, <laughs> look, even, even while it's 18 to t- 27 and 18, I still would find that to be um, a problem. It's gonna it's gonna become a real problem for a lot more people when if and when they find out that it was younger than eighteen, then people are gonna be like, "Oh my god, this one from being like this great thing, this great story to oh, oh this yeah, poor, oh this poor woman was groomed." Well, I don't even think they would they would even take it like that because oh. like the the tone of this was like this is like this celebration essentially. She right? deserves an, she deserves a medal and. Until Look, until it, I'm and, and until to be fair, I am being just me being a cynic or me uh, me and you being cynical. She may still be deserving of such a such a thing. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> we'll because, see. Because like I thought it was under disguise of like social justice work and you know turning over the wrongly accused. Yes, and it is all that. It is all that. But you know what else it, it was? She was trying to get the man that she loved out of jail. <laughs> that's, that's what's going on here. Um, Jonathan Irons, I don't know what. Oh, like this man's inspiration. Aim high, fellas. That's that, that that's all you, all you got to remember. Aim high. Can you? Never mind. I'm not even gonna say it. I'm not even gonna say it. Not and it's not. It. This man has like so that was uh like 13 years ago. Throughout 13 years, he's kept us up, James. So who's a better talent scout, Siobhan Wade or Jeremy Irons? <laughs> I, I I I think I would um go towards Siobhan Wade because Mark has a much lower profile. Than Connecticut um, women's basketball, like you, you let a Connecticut woman basketball player, you know. I mean, it, it, you know. Okay, so like Siobhan Wade, like there's more like, like she she found a deeper cut with like way larger kind of success that went with it. Yeah, and double down, like she what Wade or um uh. Zaire was like what born when he was still in college right or he was like 19 or 18 or some shit like that he he was a father in college by the time we heard of him yep he was by the time he had that that, that, uh, triple double in the um, the tournament he was was already a father yes yeah Um, yeah so just just an incredible um, afternoon of Twitter uh, that was because there was there was those of us out on the side. It wasn't many. Laughing. It wasn't many. It wasn't but many. Yes, there were there was people that they they're just celebrating this, this beautiful thing, and of course, you know, ESPN's wrapping their arms around it. Good Morning America and Robert Robert Robin Roberts um, is wrapping her arms around it, and it's like this whole documentary thing, and then. It's like, yeah, I smell the rollout. Like, I, yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. looking for, oh, yeah. and I'm looking for, you know, the subtext here. So, and I don't necessarily mind the rollout so long as like things were vetted. 
Please, just don't let this shit blow up in everybody's faces. Don't, don't. Go, I don't, I don't want to say this, but don't come out here for these white people. <laughs> don't Should be out here them in jail. Because you know, because you, you already know this is shit. They gonna be like oh, this story that was put out here about all these. You know, like this, this could be really damaging to the quote unquote cause. So I. <laughs> So yeah, that had to start the show. Like I oh, sat here about, about ten minutes before we were going out. I was like, I know there's something I wanted to talk about, and I had to like go all the way back through the group chat, which is hundreds and hundreds oh, of messages, God. and find okay, my more yes, but uh, something else that happened this week. The L.A. Clippers had to get the fuck out of the bubble, and it was. An amazing night on Twitter. Oh, my God. Send Pat Bev to the Ukraine. <sighs> trade Paul George for everybody. You know, trade him for, for Air Bud. Like, like get Paul George out of here. Like, Kawhi Leonard, all that load management for nothing. <laughs> all that load management to load manage your ass out. He can, he can load all, manage all he wants now out the bubble at, at the crib. Like Dot Rivers, another three-one lead blown. Get him out of here! Like <laughs> all this fake tough guy shit with, with, with the Clippers all year. Fuck out of here! We're we're grinders. We're, we're we're you know we ain't flash. Nah, remember all them billboards the fools put up? That's the thing that I actually wanted to talk about that I find more interesting than the actual um than them actually collapsing. Um, is that? They are trying to brand themselves. Um, they're, they're moving out of Staples. I think they either bought the forum or they're going to uh, either play out, out of the forum or they're going to play. They're going to renovate the forum and play there in Inglewood. And they want their own identity. And they're basically taking the tact of. It's going on for a year now. The tact of like, we are the real LA, um, the people that work hard and, and um, you know, are the real LA outside of, you know, the, the stars, which is, you know, you know, the, the kind of thing you do when you're like, um, you're trying to appeal to a certain demographic that you already know that you can't like, uh, that you can't get right. Like the star power is always going to be LA in much the same way that like you look at New York sports teams, right? Like there is a huge, there is a huge contingency of giants, Yankees, Knicks, and then there's also on the flip side, there's like the, you know the surrounding uh, boroughs, which is like Islanders, Mets, Jets, you know, and now and now Nets. So it's like you see that you see that's what they're angling for. Um, but I got news for them, like the Lakers, this shit's too big, bro. Like it, it's it's way too fucking big. There's way too many hardworking, working class people that are Lakers fans right. out there and have been for for sixty years. Right. Like <laughs> and right, like an identity of 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 trying to go against that is like the long term play of success and like that's a twenty year down the line play, right? But it's like yeah. at the same time, like the thought of a person that's you know growing up and watched you know the NBA and, and followed the Lakers for uh, my whole life. It's like, you're going to try this on the, on the, on the franchise that gave us Pat Riley and Kobe Bryant. Really? That's why it's always been like, no, people are going to reject that just wholeheartedly. It's like, 
No, that's not going to work at all, ever. And you got these niggas like sitting out games and like and, and quote unquote not being hardworking out here and doing all this stunting before they ever win anything. But yeah, that's been like they're already the champions. Yeah. Nah, man, get yeah, these niggas the, out of here. Like that's the that's the part from like the identity of the team on the court, which is interesting because like, or let me phrase that. That's that's the marketing part, right? That's that's like people in a, that's people in the in the in the uh, team offices coming up with that stuff, right? That's PR. That's marketing. Giving them them Grand Theft Auto uh, as jerseys. <laughs> yeah, San Andreas. Um, and then like compare that to the season they had all year, where you mentioned the low management between um, and also the healing because you know Paul George still isn't right ever since um, his shoulder went out late last year. Um, and then you talk about Kawhi's quad and whatever, and that's just a thing where it's like, wherever he goes for the rest of his career, he's going to be time management. He's going to be on low management for the rest of his career. Like, so when people talk about, is he the best player in the league? For a, for a game, maybe. For a series, maybe. For a season, never. Um, he's, he's never going to play more than 70 games. He's never going to play 70 games in a season. In a season. Um, so... Like, once you had that, and there were reports earlier in the year about, you know, the guys that, you know, helped build this thing. In a similar situation, like, the stuff you kind of hear with the Nets from this year was like, last year, these were two overachieving teams. And it makes you think of, like, the Celtics from 2017 when they got Kyrie as well. It's like, you had these teams, they have a bunch of just, you know, a bunch of nines or whatever. We're playing space. They have a bunch of nines. They don't have any big, they don't have any face cards, but like they have these guys that they've, you know, hit through drafts, through whatever to, to attain this talent that gets to a certain level. And you know that like you need a superstar or two to get them to the top where there's real contention going on. And if that person isn't someone that was drafted there and came up in the trenches, there's going to, it seems to be a natural juxtaposition of uh, a, a, um, a clash there where like eventually someone either there needs to be some type of um, galvaniz- galvanizing factor or it's always going to, it's never going to be settled And this, you know, I'm not counting them out next year, but like this might be the thing that turns it around to where they realize that, like, look, we can't, we don't have to embrace each other, make this shit work in the future. But that but never mind that. That was if that happens next year, that happens next year. We here today and we're yes. talking about how they <laughs> fucked this up. Because bro Collapse. it was you know, we always talk about the playoffs and we talk about matchups. And this was a clear example of and we never really thought of this because we never thought that that Jokic would ever go off and he went the fuck off. Like I never even dreamed like there was game six, he had a fifteen point triple double in the first three quarters of the game. And it was like, you know, they would get these leads. They blew them out in game. The Clippers blew them out in game one. And then games five, six, and seven, the Clippers, every game had a double-digit lead. Like, some games six, five, and six, they both had, they were up like 20 at halftime. Josh Smith resurrected out here. It, it, I mean, I, it wasn't as ridiculous as that. Like, that like that will never, ever happen again. You gave you gave them a thousand more tries. That that, that game would never happen again. Jamal is, Murray outscoring George and, and Leonard yeah. by himself. This was <laughs> giving this forty one, to Pat Bev. This is the one where it's like you look at the matchup and as it keeps playing, you're like, "There's something here," but they're still in this hole, and I don't know if they can beat them three straight. I don't know if they can beat them, you know. And it just kept going and going and going. It's like 
once it got to game seven and the halftime lead was lower than it was a smaller lead than it was in the previous games that came back and you're watching the game it's like dude they're like they did a pretty good job on Murray in, throughout the series and then Murray just took the fuck off in the second quarter and he just kept it going like as we get to the second half he's like bro cooking where's Kawhi where's 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 George and like the thing with Kawhi was like Kawhi I will never say this I never say that I will never say that in this game Kawhi quit but he just because he kept trying it just he would get bunnies at the rim rim out Lou Will same thing rim out on a on an easy layup lemon pepper Lou you know like Below the free throw line, pull up, you know, you've seen Kawhi make that a thousand times. You almost never see him miss it. In and out. And he's like, what is going on? And then, you know, it's more these idiots. They, Jokic gets any, if he gets inside the three-point line, never double-team him. (laughs) He's going to pass the ball. Like, it's like, okay. Do you double team LeBron in the post? No, because you realize that's fucking stupid. He's about as, he's like the other guy that's like that's not that's as big as LeBron that's that good a passer maybe ever in the league. Don't double team him. And then he just kept swinging the ball around and dudes are just um they were get they they got to a point now where they got where they got so desperate in Game Seven where there was a ball the Jokic Murray ball screen they will put either Kawhi or Paul George on on Jokic to try to handle the ball screen because Harold was just getting destroyed. Harold and Lou couldn't, they, they couldn't guard it all, at all. And once that happened, that meant that like Gary Harris and like Jeremy Grant was being guarded by Montrez Harold. Or Jokic would get the ball or he would slip the screen and get the ball and just immediately find a cutter that's just like, Harold had his foot speed. You gotta, they were playing Harold off the court. And it was just like, yo, this is so bad. And then, like, you know, like, after the game, really, for me, I didn't believe they were actually going to beat them until all of a sudden, like, uh, they were up 15 with, like, six minutes to go or something like that. Maybe less. And Murray hit a three-pointer, go up 18. I was like, oh, my God. This is over. I can't believe they lost to this team. And they were just done. And, you know... After the game, you hear this stuff about like you know with, with Lou and and Harold and because one of the times they had both left the bubble uh, for different reasons, both for funerals, um, they never got back in back in the groove and whatever else. And it's like that's cool. Why does Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have two points in the second half of a fucking elimination <laughs> game of oh, game seven? Like I, I just couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. You know. At the end of the day, Clippers going to clip. You know, they are Eric Piatowski. They are Darius Miles. They are Corey Maggette. They are Michael Ola Candy. They are Danny Manning. They are Ron Harper. They are all types of random sorry people that have been there over the years. They are washed up Baron Davis. They are Elton Brand at the end. (laughs) (sighs) This is who they are. They are Lloyd Vaught. They are Bill Walton when he's broke down. They are Dominique Wilkins when he's mailing it in. Oh my God! Who who else? Who else played for the Clippers, James? Can you, can you think of? Ooh, I was thinking Mo Williams when they traded him after LeBron left. Oh my God! 
They are Lamar Odom after the Dallas Mavericks. This is who they are. This is what, what this this is you. You know, embrace it. This is the Clipper way. Allergic to the West Finals. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's about forty nine years of existence, and they never made it to a conference final. Allergic, like that should be impossible. Yo, Steve Ballmer, two billion dollars can't buy your way to the Western Finals. Shameful. <laughs> Eric Piantowski. So, Mikey Moore. I was thinking to myself um, about you mentioned earlier about like great NBA days on Twitter. And I can't think of a day where Twitter erupted with just laughing at somebody since, like, the Warriors blew that 3-1 lead in the finals to the uh, to the Cavs. That's the last time I remember where, like, people were just like, oh, my God, you, 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 y'all have all this cash, all the prancing and whatever else, and, and, and now, and, you know, in the, the showboating, and the time has come. Welcome. To the Uso Penitentiary. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, this was, it, it was like, you watch and you're like, um, you would listen, I would listen to other podcasts. I was listening to the, uh, the Wind Horse podcast. I listened to the Zach Lowe podcast. I listened to, um, um, the Ringer, um, NBA podcast. I was listening to the, uh, SI podcast, um, with, or doesn't have Andrew Sharp anymore, Ben Golliver. Um, I was listening to a bunch of stuff, all the inside NBA, all the insidery stuff in like the one that really stood out for me was the um, Windhorse one where they have Tim McMahon and Nick Friedle and Tim McMahon is a I can't I remember if he's either a L.A. guy or a Laker used to do Laker coverage or he used to do Dallas coverage. I can't remember. But Friedle is Chicago uh, Bulls co- uh Report, you know, beat beat reporter or beat writer. So when that light came on, Tim McMahon gave what I would call like the gave him the white man Stephen A. Blues to the Lakers, or to the Clippers. I have not like he was just like all the stuff we we've gone over. He was going over it too, and I'm like, but he's a reporter for the league, and he's like he couldn't stand like how how you know. Act like they are, they've already won something that uh, the Clippers were. And I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. And then Windhorse is replying, like, while trying to get McMahon in order, because he's like, he, he's cutting people, he's cutting off Fredell and Windhorse in the middle of, of points to get off, to get these rounds off, get these shots up. And he and then Windhorse pointed out, like, my phone has been nonstop messages from people you won't believe. People in the league, executives, players, even owners that were out here giving the Clippers the blues. And you can he's like, just imagine what is going on from from the players talking to the other players about this. And I was like, yo, I can't I did not realize they they disliked this team that much, but it's like I, I knew they were unlikable, but I didn't know it was like it was like this. You like, are Ricky Davis. Oh yeah, that's another one good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. This is who y'all is, you know. You wanna say wash Sam Cassell? Did you mention that? Wash Sam Cassell, that's a real good one. You know. Yeah. You are Jamario Moon, you oh know. You are Bull Outlaw. You are Cherokee Parks. <laughs> you are Olden Polynes.
unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, rest in peace, uh, Clips. And we'll, we'll holler at y'all in uh, 2021 because that's probably when the NBA started back up for y'all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's all on the line because if they don't want to, if, you know, if one of those two dudes leave ne- um, after next year, like, boy, boy, the Clippers, could, the Clippers could just be like dead for a decade. Literally till 2028. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how many, they don't have their that's own draft pick. They don't. They don't have their own draft pick until to, until twenty twenty nine. Yes, yes, yeah. Like it's what the um, it's three draft picks, so you know you can't get five, uh, back. I love year, it. So you know it goes back, you know, six years, and then after that, the, the remaining two uh, picks are pick swaps. So they won't I'm have do- their own pick until like twenty twenty nine. I'm doing the Dwayne Wade meme. I love it. <laughs> And yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I, I, you know, all year this was like, this was a thing. Like Clippers Lakers was like the de facto NBA Finals for a lot of people. Not no more. Not no and more. You look at the bubble now, and it's like the three teams that you thought could actually win the title. There's only one left. Like, Amazing. you know, and I'm watching Game One, and I'm like. This is going about exactly how I thought. Like, Anthony Davis guarding Jokic can happen. Dwight Howard can guard Jokic. Jokic can't guard Anthony Davis for nothing. Um, I, you know, much respect to the, to the Nuggets because a Nuggets, once they got down 3-1, they could have laid it down. But Murray and, and Jokic so got this that I will ass. not have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, that, that's their second time back-to-back this, uh, in the no playoffs. No one's ever done that. Yeah. I mean that you know, there's only been 13 of them. I think uh, t- series t- uh, turning around after going down um one three. So yeah, like I you know I give them I give them the respect, but like that's that game game one went exactly how I thought. And like for me, it was like I don't recall a time I don't I think this is LeBron's easiest path to the play or to the finals or not to the finals but to a ring. Uh I don't know what's uh, been easy. What was easier? Some of the times where he was playing teams that didn't win fifty games in the conference finals and no, no, like no, 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 because <laughs> playing forty-one win teams in the second round. Eventually, and once you get to the finals or the East Conference finals, you have to play a real team. No, what's the real not, team ne- not necessarily. All right, what's the team? What? Okay, name me the playoff series where there's a where they didn't. He eventually didn't run into a team that was better than any team he's playing in the playoffs right now. Or would play potentially. Um, I know those Hawks definitely uh, was trash. The 2016 uh, Hawks. Yes, they played the 2016 Warriors in the next round. Rich, who they play before that though? No, no, no. But when we're talking about the road, I'm talking about like eventually you have to run into a roadblock. All I see is like speed bumps. I don't see I don't see any hazard signs and lights and saying the road is closed. But I think he's actually playing against like real star players and shit like that. Like it's not like you're waiting to till the conference finals to see somebody that can start an all star game or something like that. Like we knew how to East get down. Like 
they'll play somebody that's under 500 in the first round, somebody that has won like 42 games in the second round, a team that's won like 48 games in the second round, and then they'll get to the finals and see somebody. That's why it'd be like, hey, the East was weak for all them years, <laughs> especially like uh, 2013, shit like that. Well, potentially he's about to go through the West in as much the same fashion he used to go through the same East teams. Well, you know, when you got Anthony Davis, you know. <laughs> but wait, so – Anthony, da- so now you turn the corner. You like Anthony Davis now because you know I, I, you will give me some times to complain about. Like I'd be like, he had forty tonight. Well, fifteen over free throws. I'm like, who gives a shit? So like, I don't know. Have you turned the corner on AD now or what? No, nah. because you were you were long. I used to have to tell you. I remember telling you years ago, like hey, it was gonna be great, and you used to always be like, not like you was like you wasn't so sure and i don't know if you ever like if i ever got had a conversation where you were like yeah i'm sure now i don't know if it's because of the injuries or whatever else or what yeah i i just never really enjoyed his game uh. like like many of the people on the lakers this year so like this is zero fun for me like i i'm just like mm, whatever <laughs> zero fun to root for Dwight Howard zero fun to root for Rajon Rondo zero fun to root for J.R. Smith <laughs> Deion Waiters Deion Waiters you know who else we got good god KCP you know z- zero fun like yeah yeah so beggars can't be shooters I guess I don't know. Uh, I was going to say. I mean, as we move on to wrestling now, right? Is there anything else? I think that's it. All right. Yeah, we, we, there's, your, there's your basketball coverage. Um, yeah, so I guess we start off with uh, the Wednesday shows like normal. Um, so, Rich, you have your Dynamite notes up or whatever? Yeah, I can get them. But, man, what a fucking show. Um, I love this show a lot. Um, 50th episode of uh, Dynamite, by the way, uh, for those that uh, count that kind of thing. And what a 50th show it was because, you know, you had um, a bunch of great wrestling. You had some promos that, you know, and and some segments that set some stuff up and just showed like kind of good signs of uh, where things are headed. Um, So let me get these results here that I have. In my notes, and it was headlined by that big parking lot fight. We knew that shit was coming. And we the the thing I said on the show last week was this shit better deliver, and it fucking did. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that match is great. Um, so we opened up. Uh, uh, Jurassic Express is already in the ring. That's funny. Um, uh, for their match against uh, FTR, Bucks came out and uh, hit the referee with the super kicks. Announcers are like, man, uh, what's wrong with the Bucks? And then you know they talked about being fine. They immediately walked back and then threw money at Tony Khan uh, and paid their fine in advance. Tony Khan's just sitting there like, what the fuck's going on? So, quick question: Are they on Instagram buying the fake stacks? <laughs> the, the fake money? Yes. I mean, they are. They have their own money, James. What would they need fake money for? Oh yeah, that's a good point. It, it could just be like the the canon money. That could just be that. Uh, the young that, book. That book. would be that would be a bad look though. Because like, what if that, what if someone's out here on HD camera and he catches like, oh, that's bucks, bucks. 
<laughs> like, that's not. That's, yeah, you really out here thinking that's real currency? Arrest these men for counterfeiting. They'll throw you under the show for some counterfeiting. Um, can you imagine? Can you imagine reaching your pocket? You, you know, you go to the bank. You you ain't even paying attention. All of a sudden, you go to hand, you go to hand out some with a Lincoln on it, and instead of a Lincoln, it's a fucking Matt Jackson. Oh no! Oh, so no. are the are the Young Buck bucks in the same line of currency as the Okada bucks? Like, is it like yes. the same like type yes. of kind of tender? You know, yes. and the Okada bucks are yellow or gold. Yeah, you know? but I don't know what I don't know what yen look like, so I don't know. I can't you know. You know, because our money, norm- oh my god! Uh, but our money normally is like considered green. <laughs> thank you, De- thank you, D'Angelo Barksdale. No, I, uh, what I meant to say is like, like more foreign money around the world, like paper money, is like can- Canadian money, for example, like it's colorful. Like mm. we just have green, and that's it. Like yeah. th- some places have like yellow, blue, orange, purple. We out here lacking. We we, yeah. we need to we need to diversify. The yeah, funding. that's what I'm saying. Like we need to get out. We need to come out here and you know. Hey Sam, look, I, look, if you're hearing this, uh, all, all, all Australia guys that, that that listen to the show, what does your money look like? Tweet yeah. us a picture of like your yeah. dollar bills or uh, or anybody that's in Europe or Canada that's hearing this. I want to yes. see what y'all money looks like. Yes, our foreign brothers and sisters, we want to see what your currency look like. Yeah, um, like just you know, just I don't know, one issue radio money and then picture and you know throw your flag in or whatever else. But yeah. Your flag emoji. Yeah, it's just like we now I already know what's gonna happen the second we get our own color cutting money for each denomination. Uh-huh. I already know what's gonna happen. There are gonna be people that are gonna take pictures with a matching that has the their outfit matching the particular color of that denomination of money <laughs> and and it's gonna be a bunch of it. And they'll be taking pictures and like this might be oddly this this is oddly specific to uh to to uh to the people that I that, that me and Richard will be hanging out with and we're gonna be like we knew this was gonna happen we knew this was gonna happen yeah okay whatever I lo- you like it I love it so and I'm gonna sit there I'm gonna laugh he's like I'm just gonna sit there and laugh you know so the Bucks uh then cross paths with FTR who kind of like give him some shit they were giving the shit eating grin. Basically, uh, they came out there and then they wrestled Jurassic Express, and this was probably one of my favorite FTR matches that they've done since they uh, have come in. Yeah, Jungle like a straight, Boy, like a straightforward tag team match. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. This, this probably is their best uh, straightforward tag team <laughs> match. Like I really liked um, their match with Private Party, um, and this was better. This was a lot better than uh, the Lucha Bros match. Yeah, and. Uh, Jungle Boy, I think, looked great in this match, yeah. and uh, I thought everyone looked great. Yeah, I thought I, like, thought I thought I thought FTR looked sharp. Yeah, they were lots, on their shit this week. Lots of uh, kickouts and stuff that I would buy, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this this is a really uh, good opener. FTR got the win over the Jurassic Express. It was pushed as a non-title match and. You know, most times when you do a non-title match, the champion will lose or something like that. They're just keeping these guys strong, and I think they moved to nine and zero, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, I wouldn't be beating them anytime before they face the Bucks. So, um, after that, um, Ross Shivani and Excalibur previewed the rest of the show, and then uh, Marvez uh, ran up on Matt Hardy. Uh, Matt Hardy was uh, 
down and he was selling his knee. Uh, then private party was, you know, they, they were back there with him and, uh, they were like, well, we don't know what happened to him. And then all of a sudden Jericho and Hager show up and, uh, Hager's, uh, carrying, or excuse me, Jericho's carrying the baseball bat. And they implied that it was Jericho who basically took out Matt Hardy, but we don't know. So yes, isn't we'll it? Yeah. He took him out with, uh, isn't base, the baseball bat names Floyd Floyd. Yeah. Yeah. Took him out with Floyd the bat. Yeah. So. Um, then Kenny Omega came out to the commentary desk for the next match. And then Tony Giovanni said Omega had been offered a chance to make this a tag team match, but he refused because Kenny said that he's a singles competitor now. Good point, Kenny. Um, <laughs> after that, uh, we got Hangman Page versus Kazarian, and I was looking forward to this match, and this was awesome. Uh, Kenny was on commentary making all these like shady remarks uh, towards Hangman, which I found hilarious. But these two were in the ring just like just beating the shit out of each other, um, doing a bunch of cool spots, uh, incredible timing between them both, and just uh, just a lot of impressive stuff. Uh, I, I love this match. Yeah, Kazarian, whenever he gets in there with a um, pushed guy in AEW, he delivers. Singles, tags for the most part, the overwhelming most part. But like in singles, like I don't think he's missed once. Um, I don't, you know. Obviously, that's his role is to you know have good matches with guys and lose. But um, as somebody that is established on the roster, but like he does a great job with it. He really does. Yeah, like if you close your eyes, it's almost or kind of squint your eyes, especially since he's growing hair back in the gear that he's wearing in the in the tan. It's like a hard working version of like a shorter Randy Orton. Yep, I I, I thought the same thing. I cut you up. I I thought the same thing. I was like, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. I thought it. Yep, yep, yep. But um, this was this was a great match. Uh, Page got got a win, and Page hasn't gotten much singles work uh, throughout this year because he's been in the tag team. And uh, also and, the um, when he was in at the beginning of the uh, of COVID, he was he was away. Like he, I don't yeah. think he did. Did he do any Georgia stuff? I don't think no. so. Yeah, no. yeah. Um, what do you think of him? You know, this is not his second time doing an AEW show in Jacksonville in the tail end of the summer. With the the long pants on, is he crazy? Um, I like the the trunks more. As far as the tr- fashion choice, I don't care. It's fine, but I just like this ain't this ain't this ain't the time to do that. You might want to wait until like, like December, winter. my guy. Yeah, he he might be trying to just get a new thing over, but yeah, um, yeah. he's waiting for Kenny to come. You know, essentially salute him in the ring or celebrate with him. But Kenny's like, nah. Uh, Kenny was awesome on commentary. All the comments that he would make were just like hilarious, uh, quite quite frankly. And saying, "Yeah, this is the time where uh, essentially this asshole would tag me in, and I would come <laughs> clean this shit up." <laughs> oh man! Um, and then you know, hey man's drinking a beer at the end, and you know, whatever. But uh, the story moves forward from here. Yeah, um, no, 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 no. We're not gonna, we're not gonna just skip over that. He wanted desperately for Kenny to give him an attaboy after the match, and then he turned around, and Kenny was already halfway into the tunnel, and he turned <laughs> around, and he moped, and then he grabbed some beer, and he dr- he was trying to drink his pain away. Adam Page is more emo than Darby Allen ever will be. I just wanted to make that point. 
Should what, what should he uh, write on his chest? <sighs> Sucker. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> Why you don't love me, Kenny? Um, because because you fucked over my friends, you asshole. That's why. <laughs> oh man, you're making you make. I I'm friends with you, and you're being and you have screwed over my other friends. You have put me in a terrible position. A terrible position. Oh, amazing. Um, so after that, uh, video package uh, played hyping up the uh, parking lot fight. Then uh, MJF came out, sheened up, I might add. <laughs> um, David Otunga would have been proud of that. Of this white man <laughs> just drenched. Shining. Shining. He's like, I'm, I'm going to get a tan one way or another Like if Two, I'm under the sun. 2015-16 Alberto Del Rio would have been proud of this man's oilage. Wearing the grease. Like... Um, then he took on Sean Dean. He gave him a thumb to the eye and immediately put him in the uh, salt of the earth to win. Um, That's what he calls I, it? Yeah. Right. That Fujiwara Fujiwara Omar. Omar. Yeah. yeah. Warlow beat up Sean Dean after the match, and then MJF cut a promo immediately recognizing, like, this man wore his grease because he didn't intend to really tussle. Yes. <laughs> like, he would have never... Like, if he was going to go, like, 12 minutes with Jungle Boy, he never would have worn all that grease. You <laughs> asshole. Like, it was, just, it was just, like, the funniest thing ever. It's like, I am about to enhance the, the presentation. <laughs> about to rub it on myself, you know. Uh, so, he said that he's an honest man, unlike that cheater John Mosley. He demanded that Justin Roberts introduce him as the undefeated, undisputed, uncrowned champion of AEW. That's a lot of use, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, he said to get any attention the underdog on from the underground, so What's up? At least he's not the underdog from the underground, so. True, true. Um, so, ooh, good point. So, like, I know that anyone can show up. Why hasn't Sh- Sami Zayn, the underdog from the underground, been in Raw Underground yet? Oh, well, he's a heel now, and that's been dropped years ago. Oh, man. Yeah. Man, that's when at the beginning of screwing up his face run, and then you know, you know, I heard he's back now and he's doing uh, like the Shawn Michaels, hey, like I, I'm the real IC champion thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. poor guy. Said uh, to get any attention on Dynamite, you had to be in a stable. He said there's a new faction every week. And like he said, whether he picks a group or or to be a part one, it doesn't matter because he's better than you and you know it. I don't really know the point of this, but, um, you know, MJF gets to talk. Yeah. So um, then they did a technique with Taz for Ricky Starks. Uh, <laughs> and they talked about uh, his different grips that he uses uh, to do his finish. I forgot what it's called. like the Rochambeau or something. I forgot what it was. but I think it, it was Rochambeau. Yeah, that's it. And it's like, a, you know, his dominator, and they talked about him doing a spear. And I'm like, man, I've seen him do it to Will Hobbs, so he can do this move to big people, right? Mm-hmm. But it feels like the spear ain't enough for him. He needs he needs to keep, you know, figuring it out. And I know he had to – him and Chris – he used to use the Angels' wings like Christopher Daniels. But obviously you're not going to do that. Um 
so I, I think he should keep you know g- keep going uh, get another alternative finish because I don't know if the spear is uh, gonna I don't feel like Ringstar is big big enough to really do this the spear like that um, Eddie Kingston he then came to the ring uh, with Pentagon and Phoenix uh, Butcher and Blade were out there dressed in the white and he said he never lost a casino battle royal. He said the group isn't a fashion or stable. They're a family. Immediately um, respond to MJF. And <laughs> he said after they fight, some families go to dinner. And he said his family celebrates with violence. And Butcher and a Blade then pulled a couple of geeks out the crowd, beat their asses. Kingston then said f- for the Blade, like, it's time to go get your house in order. And that can only mean one thing. They are going to murder QT Marshall. I can't wait. I may buy a shirt. It's going to be great. It'll be excellent. <laughs> you know, whenever, you know, they want to trade Loser Libre or Street Fighting Skills, you know, QT will be ready. So, um, yeah. um, do you think this leads to just like that faction versus Nightmare Family? I guess, maybe. Do you think Cody gets involved with them? I'd imagine so. Like it's something yeah. for him to do. Like you know, they they put <laughs> they put his ass in the hospital looking at Mash for months, and then uh, and then it's like you know I'm here for my friend or whatever else. You know, we have our backs. It's the Nightmare Family, and um, you know they can finally do something to explain like why the fuck like the bunny left the blade to go fuck with QT Marshall like that could be at play finally where they pull that Don Modo like we even pulling the wool over your eyes for whatever reason and you know they can do more <laughs> they, you know they can they can they can get to you know cause think about it once that happens then all of a sudden it's like you already know what's gonna happen the bunny versus Brandy again so it's like I can see it I can see it I'm not oh, saying Brandy I necessarily God. want that faction part of it but it's like I don't know where Cody goes from here um you know, it will finally give them something to do as a or some force to go against oh, from the babyface side for Kingston and the gang. So yeah, I can see it. After that, Private Party came out and um, they said that Moxley and Archer will be on opposite sides of a six man tonight, and they're going to pick their partners. So uh, after that, we got Hager and Jericho against Private Party. I thought this was pretty good, also. Um, Jericho and Hager, two for two, uh, I think. And I'm liking Jake Hager versus non-WWE people. <laughs> but um, Jericho and uh, Isaiah Cassidy at the end, like, he sold the Judas effect. I fucking loved it. Like, he fucking drilled this guy. Um, I thought this was really good. This is probably one of private parties, like, you know, one of their top three to five matches I've seen them in. Um, huh. They did... Um, uh, basically an angle at the end where uh, it looked like Jericho and Mark Quinn would be going, you know, they stared each other down pretty hard. So we'll see if that continues. Didn't Mark uh, Quinn clear him out the ring? Yes. Yeah. So what'd you think of this one, James? Um, I thought the match is okay. I didn't, I didn't really like it that much, but it was fine. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm more intrigued by, you know, Jericho potentially mixing up with private party than, um, than that, than that match we, we we saw, but uh, you know, Jericho's going to be in this tag division. He's more or less filling in for the broken up um, Hangman and in um, Kenny. So, um, you know, it seems like they're set. They're they're that's where they're going now. Um, 
Who do you want to see them wrestle in the future? Or let's say after this. Like, I don't think this is over. Like, I think we're actually going to get a Mark Quinn versus um, Jericho match. But, I mean, like, once they're done with Private Party or Slash Matt Hardy, because that could be a play as well. Like, where do you think the Jericho Hager tag team goes from there? Like, what do you what do you want to see them do on pay per view? Um, I think they would be a good team to fight Jurassic Express and to give Jurassic Express a big win over. Um, and they can go back to the uh, the time limit match. Yep. Yeah, the time limit match. Yeah, was it five minutes? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. If they weren't healing the Bucks right now, because I think you kind of just want to keep them in private party or them in FCR together. Yeah, and I, would, I think you want to save that too. Yeah, I would have the Bucks beat them too, but I don't know when. Um, gotcha. Trying to think. Uh, other babyface teams that are out there. SCU? Nah, not really. Um, man, what other teams? Uh, I mean, they can do Hill versus I Hill. Best, I mean, best friends like impress me more than they have... <laughs> At any time, I think. Well, that's because it wasn't show. a regular rules match. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. The, the last time they did one of those was uh, pretty good, too, against Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc. But um, maybe they get in there with Kip and Miro. <laughs> Are we sure they're actually going to go forward with them as actually like a, a package deal? Like I don't Kip, know. Miro and, and Penelope? I don't know. All right. Not sure yet. But um, yeah, I, I, they'll find somebody to fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll pull someone in without like they're not leaving Jericho off the card. Yeah. So they announced for late night dynamite. Uh, it's gonna be Scorpio Sky versus Ben Carter. That should be really good. Um, Anna Jay versus Brandy Rhodes, and then Matt Sydal versus Sean Spears, and that's gonna be after t- uh, inside uh, the NBA. I will not be staying up till twelve thirty to watch that. I'll probably just catch it the next day. I don't watch Dynamite. I'm not going to watch Darkamite. What? I mean, I'm sorry. I don't watch Dark. I'm not going to watch Darkamite. Because this is like between the in-between. Like, it is... Like, they're trying to give it a look. Like, it's on TV, but it's on late. And you look at that card, and it's like, that's that's real darkish. Like, I, I'm sure they'll they'll give it a, the college try. Like, it's already taped, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so I don't know if the word on if the stuff was uh, the quality of the stuff, but, like, I'm sure it'll be entertaining for the, those that, 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 that'll tune in to watch it, but just, like, I got I got too much on my plate. Like, the G1 just started. I can't, I can't. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be checking out this, this Scorpio Sky and Ben Carter match because Ben Carter's, like, super prospect. Um, so, after that, we got uh, Thunder Rosa and Ivelisse. So, this Here match... Caused uh, some chaos, apparently. Uh, Can we talk about the match first and then get to that? Well, I, I think the chaos is the match. <laughs> okay. <laughs> apparently. All right. So, um, when I was watching it, I didn't think anything was necessarily awry. I thought, I thought they, was they like, were just having I was a like, match. Oh, they're hitting. Like, I thought they the- were. Ha- yeah, I thought they were having a match where like they hit each other hard, and I like, meant on purpose, like it was intentional. Like the idea was like we're not gonna have like it was like Tegan Knox kind of wrestles now, now that she's kind of like found herself in the ring in um, NXT. We're like she'll hit you, yeah, and it, and it sounds off, and it's like it is not like I'm you know I'm you know potatoing somebody, but like these shots are crisp. 
Yeah, um, so a lot of Thunder Rosa stuff, like, looked very explosive and, like, she's quickly become one of my favorite uh, women's wrestlers that are around. Um, least she was all right in this match. She ended up losing via Tombstone, but apparently something went wrong and there was a... Uh, element they, they were not flat out shooting on each other right but it was like stiff shots something someone didn't appreciate there was a backstage story about ivalice cussing out a very respected um agent you know we don't know who that is yet but so was it arn or dean malenko i would think it's dean malenko or dustin like i forgot dustin was an agent i forgot yeah i would think it's one of those two but um yeah, Ivelisse always uh, she never really sticks anywhere because she's carrying a long reputation. It seems like it's flared up here. Um, what would you do, James? Because at this point, she has to know her reputation, right? Yeah, yeah. Most people are, are most people have the self awareness to know like how people view them or the rep they have or have some idea at least. Um, I mean, and she also has you know internet access. Um, so okay, so I've heard that like it was just a simple receipt. I've heard something like oh yeah, they shot, and then I saw a clip of her no selling some um, rest hold, and then yeah. I saw. Um, and then I also read that, like, this is overblown. This is just simply, like, Same. a receipt. So, I don't know what to make of this. And, like, but what I will say is, like, until I heard this, I it, this was not, like, uh, or I, I just thought we were having a match. And, like, and it was a good match. I probably would have gave it three and a half. Uh, but, like, three and a quarter, three and a half. But, like, I never thought that this was, like, Oh my God! Like they're going, you know, somebody's upset or you know, whatever else. Like, I'm not following it, the script, right? Yeah. <laughs> Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like at at no point did this turn into Diana Perrazzo versus Tessa Blanchard. Oh yeah. At no point did this turned into that. <laughs> that was a shoot. <laughs> yeah, that is. It broke. It broke down into a shoot for a while. Like, nah, dude, I, you know. Yeah, man. It's so maybe it was weird to me. It was weird to me. Like you know, um, I remember last year there were reports that like Mayu when she was in Ring of Honor had quote unquote there were there were shots that were thrown in a match uh, between her and Kelly Klein, and then it like there was some um, argument or 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 it maybe even gotten physical backstage. I'm just like. I, I saw the match. I didn't. I don't. I didn't see anything. So I don't know. Like you know, people take these differently, and it's like you know. So I don't. I don't know. I just don't know. Um, but you know, luckily, luckily, no one got hurt in, during whatever misunderstandings they were having. If yeah, there was a misunderstanding to begin with, because it seemed to me like this. It looks to me like this may have just been a receipt thing. Yeah. Um, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm getting to the bottom of this immediately, and like. Thunder Rosa doesn't even work for this company. And it's like your reps on the line as a promotion. Uh, she, you have a guest there. You have someone that's not even under contract on I believe causing issues. Got to figure this out. And I think it's the case of like, if I does anything, 
further from here, she, she's got to go. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if she's on the way out the door now, uh, especially with, you know, there's a reason that she was available. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, um, you know, you look, you look at how many um, talented women that AEW or WWE has snatched up, and it's like, well, if you want to have women's wrestling to be of the quality of NXT or something approaching it, or um, the stuff you see when like the best woman in on the main roster hook up, like it might be a situation where like you're gonna have to overlook some things, right? Like, but you know, um, if there's one ch- thing that it, it would totally go against the character of the company, because there's one thing about like. I always hear wrestlers in AEW in like every interview they talk about like the backstage dynamic and how everything is like this tight knit family and this yeah. this this great locker room that you know they've never been in before and then the second Ivelisse comes in there I feel like what well, I feel like you can have one knucklehead maybe even two but like like it's a basketball team right right uh, but there's got to be somebody that's always literally willing to check her whether it's management or something because like so you really so so i don't know what else has been has there any, anything else like really concrete has been said about her behavior backstage that's making you feel this way or do you I feel are you just like, feel like this is enough of a warning right now i, I think this a is a warning like, sign i mean the, the oh yeah like cussing out like the agent like with all the profanity oh so you believe this okay oh yeah okay um and whatever happened in the ring, I mean, if you, like you clearly know, like you can end up with a contract here, and you gonna act like this before you got the contract. Like, come on, man. Like, I don't know, man. Like, it, it seems like, like it's nothing I would necessarily tolerate. I'm like, like we can find like like, and I get it. You feel like. You know, you're scraping the, you know, you like open box special. Correct. Like she's like you're, you're getting Ivelisse on the like like there's a like she's a, <laughs> she she's in a, um, a a a discount bin for lack of a better word, right? Because clearly, like her talent outweighs the whatever. In in many ways, she's like a she's a lesser Tessa Blanchard, like in a in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know why they feel like they have to deal with it because thus far, like they've kept the locker room, like no matter, you know, if it's a man or male or female talent, they've kept the locker room, like relatively like, you know, you don't hear these stories that, that are out there that someone's being a nuisance or cussing someone out. Like, yeah, you, you don't hear that stuff here. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, I, I bet she's going to be doing a job next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I will say is like, I'm not, look, I understand that we are in the, um, we are now treating wrestling locker rooms similar to uh, like how the Milwaukee Bucks want to treat their locker room. Whereas like they, they have a no asshole whole rule. Uh-huh. No, it's like people were talking about like the, uh, they need to make a trade, Chris Paul ball or whatever else. And they're like, well, the Bucks have this no asshole rule. And Chris Paul clearly is an asshole. Like he's going to demand a certain amount of excellence in, it is what it is. So, um, like, so maybe, the, maybe you know, we that's how we kind of want the wrestling locker rooms to be. But like, you know, 
I think wrestling. it's okay, I, I think it's okay for for like you know for for there to people to for there to be an outburst every now and then. I don't think it, like it needs to be like. Uh, I don't think it needs to be like the Shaq like the two thousand four Lakers locker room, but like. <laughs> I think it's okay for like something like this to happen every blue moon. Um, but you know, if that situation where you feel like, you know, a, a rotten apple spoils the bunch, then maybe, maybe, maybe that the rotten apple needs to be chucked aside. So, um, well, you know, I, I don't really have, I don't really think that I don't really think I don't, I'm really kind of hands off on it. Like I think if something else comes up, then then we'll have a different discussion. That's kind of where I'm at. But you know, I don't, I haven't followed the reporting on it, obviously. So like you know, I'm just going off of like your your tenor, and you sound like you're you kind of like you on the edge. Like she might it might be time for her to ski down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fuck up out of here. Like like they've already. I don't know. No, I think it's live their next show. So okay. Um, Diamante ran in after the match and right. attacked Thunder Rosa, and then Sheeta jumped the rail. Uh, made the save and then handed Thunder Rosa her belt. So yeah. they announced a uh, tag match, the champs against the medal holders. So uh, they showed Miro bench pressing a bunch of, uh, you know, f- fake weight. <laughs> um, after that, uh, they said, uh, Kip Sabian, you know, he said, let's get in the ring and devour somebody. But uh, he said, hey, man, you got to throw this bachelor party first. And then Miro promised the best bachelor party ever. And they fist bump with Penelope Ford. Now, if this bachelor party ends up in the ring, <laughs> sports entertainment. So, uh, Jake Roberts and Lance Archer came out. Uh, Jake cut up a promo and basically talked about being in the bed with with the Tasmanian Devil. You know, uh, look, last week I said. I don't be trusting Jake like that. I don't think he went off the rails this week. I thought he was fine. Um, then Taz came out and said that he and Jake made a deal that Ricky Stars and Brian Cage will be Ar- Archer's partners next week, provided Cage gets the first shot at Archer when Archer wins Moxley's title. I love it because these these, these heels like a want to fight each other, and you know just some shit's gonna go wrong. Like, and th- that shit ain't never happening. But yep. yeah, yep, like that shit's gonna blow up because it's they're you know they're assholes, and whoever screws up is not their fault; it's the other person's fault. So, yep. So I want to see that, that match too. So you know, yeah. Uh, so Moxley uh, came out from wherever the fuck he was hiding in the building, and then. <laughs> He started cutting a promo, but all of a sudden, some fans uh, jumped on his ass, but they weren't fans. It was uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Stark started beating that ass, and then all of a sudden, uh, Big Will Hobbs shows up with the chair, making the save for the world champion, uh, and runs these boys off, and what what a fucking debut, uh, a reintroduction uh, for Will Hobbs this was, and uh, Moxley basically wraps his arm around Hobbs and says, this is Oakland's uh, most violent something or whatever. Gave him a nickname or whatever and said that he wants Will Hobbs to be on his team. And he basically uh, started talking to Darby Allen like The Rock was talking to everybody before he won the title back from CM Punk. But he was looking directly at Darby Allen and said, get your ass on a plane and, and come join with me next week. So um, this whole presentation, like with the promos, uh, the jump zone, Will Hobbs coming out, excellent. 
Yeah, very, very well done. Absolutely I have a question excellent. for you. How, how fast did you realize that was Ricky Starks? Uh, I figured right away because I didn't see those guys in the ring. I saw it was Ricky Starks before Ricky Starks jumped over the barricade or jumped over the, the, the uh, divider from the seat because, like, you look at the camera because he, he sits down, he has the mask on, and he's like, that's odd. And it looks like, oh, that's Ricky Starks. He finna jump this man. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what I like. And then I howl because he got, you know, I love watching, I love nothing more yeah. than watching some some unsuspecting schmuck getting his ass whooped, somebody run up on him. And the best part was, was like, I don't know when this became a thing in wrestling or because like if see my whole entire life has always been a thing. There has always been a thing about jacked up, yoked up motherfuckers on the gas or, or somebody with a physique showing up for some physicality to wrestle, fight, tussle, scrap, brawl, fisticuffs, whatever you want to call it, a Donnie Brook with no shirt on, jean tight jeans, and some fucking Oxfords or loafers, basically dress shoes. Since the beginning of of my entire wrestling life, there's always been a thing, a staple, and I don't know why, but it always makes me laugh. It's like, what are you? You showed up to jump this man with no shirt on? Where's your shirt, Nick? (laughs) I'm just calling Nick Cage. Where's your shirt, Brian Cage? It's ridiculous, but it worked because it's stupid wrestling, so whatever. Five stars. Five stars, segment. So well booked, and if you guys remember, like about a month ago, Will Hobbs wrestled Darby Allen on TV and gave him hell uh, in those couple minutes that he yes. fought with him. And I need this. Yeah, so um, I guess you know Hobbs immediately gets you know thrown in there. I, I he I don't know if he's going to take the pin. Uh, if it was me, I'd beat Ricky Starks uh, next week, but I don't know. So. Uh, I, I don't know if, if you have the baby faces win. Uh, I don't know if you have the heels win here. But if the faces lose, Hobbs is definitely taking the pin. Um, unless Starks beats Darby. I think that's the only other finish there. I think the only two people that I know aren't getting pinned are Moxley and Cage. I think anybody else could be pinned. So you think Archer can be pinned? Oh shit! Not Archer. So, so I'm sorry. So I take that back. There are three people that can be pinned: <laughs> Hobbs, uh, Darby, or Starks. Yeah. So um, <sighs> thank you for that yeah. correction. Be like this fucking yeah. idiot. You're gonna pin Archer. <laughs> okay. so, complete, complete, like brain omission. Sorry. So let's like let's take a look at his lineup. So like let's think about where all these people were like. A year ago, like <laughs> like Lance Archer's in the G one. Yep. Brian Cage is like an impact somewhere. Ricky Starks is like in some Indian Texas. Who knows? Uh, Moxley's in the G one as well. Will Hobbs don't know where he was wrestling, but he probably like Northern California. And Darby Allen was like, you know, just coming on national tel- the national television radar after being in like evolved. So this is just like. Lots of new faces that have gotten over, and uh, you care about them. So uh, they announced also next week Mr. Brody Lee versus Orange Cassidy for the TNT title. 
I predicted that match would happen. Didn't know it would be this fast and kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, that tag match and then Jericho uh, has a promo for next week's Dynamite. So I'm sure they'll add another match as well because usually they add advertise four. But why we're here, the main event, the parking lot fight, best friends, Santana and Ortiz beat the shit out of each other. Yep. Violence. Uh, creativity, presentation, uh, blood and guts, ble- blood and guts in the back, <laughs> bleeding in places where you ain't really, you don't really see people bleeding. Well, Santana got his head, got his forehead split open too. Oh, okay. Or he gigged or whatever. You get my point. He was bleeding from the head as well. Yeah. Through so the, through the uh, the dead president's uh, face. Paint. Yes, I was just gonna bring that up. The the dead president's face paint, like that presentation, like they showed up. Oh, I got hype immediately when I saw that. Um, best friends on an awesome plunder team, and this was just we this was known, great. We should have known great. that too. Because Chucky e. T will do those stupid spots, like you know, through the chair pyramid a couple weeks ago, like. Yeah, this we should have known this one where I, you know, I'm I was, I was um at one point when I don't know if it was a back body drop or whatever else, but towards the end of the match where um the spot where Trent goes through the um the windshield or, or you know not through it but like busts the windshield, I thought that his head may have hit uh like the beginning of the hood of the car the back of his head uh-huh. and I was like I was like oh no but like you know didn't seem I don't I haven't heard anything about it and on replay it'll like it he he there was space there so um you know hell of a match hell of a match um yeah. this is the LA this is the you know this is the LAX we that we saw at Slammiversary in 2018 yeah it really was wow. it, it it just felt like the completion of like this thing they set up from like obviously they they months ago like like, right georgia yeah they were gonna do uh parking lot brawl but with the lucha brothers but santana ortiz asked for best friends because they knew the best friends were fucking crazy so um the deal with it here is santana ortiz uh, and best friends use like car hoods, police baton, sledgehammer. They were going through doors, dustpans, baseball bats, boards, and pipes. Like all in one shot. Different, uh, uh, different, you know, different various cars that were around too yep. as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is crazy. Um, so got got the five from Big Dave. So. Um, Amazing! <laughs> I didn't go five myself, but what did, uh, what did you give? I don't think I heard what your rating was. I went four point seven five. I, I coward rating okay. it. Coward so, rating. I gave it four and a half. Yeah, uh, yeah, I gave it a coward rating. But um, yeah, this was uh, this was fucking great. It ruled. If you yeah. haven't seen it, seen it, go out of your way to see this. Uh, at the end of the match, um, it's Santana or excuse me, uh, Orange Cassidy pops out of the car trunk and hits Orange Cassidy with the chain. And then uh, Chuck Taylor gave a power driver on the hood of a car to Santana. And when I tell you they were doing like creative moves with the car, the shit that like let me know that this match was about to be lit was when they had him underneath the hood of a car, and I forgot who did the flipping senton onto them. Chucky T. Chucky T did the flipping senton onto the hood of the car and crunched them. I was like, okay, this shit is about to be lit. (laughs) 
Um, uh, you're doing environmental moves. Environmental like? moves. <laughs> environmental offense. Uh, what was I about to ask you? What do you think of Orange Cassidy coming out out of the trunk? Bitch, I howled. Like, like it reminded me of when he was just randomly chilling in the bathroom. It's like, why are you here? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the ba- which bathroom? Because there were two different times. Like that. There was a Santana Ortiz match where there was, I think, another street fight like that, and all of a sudden, or, or Santana, I remember he opened the door, made a face, and then closed the door back. And then yeah. there's also the time where um, best friends were trying to get, I think they were trying to get a tag match with Hangman and Kenny, and then like Kenny had said something, and then like all of a sudden orange comes out comes from out of like the trailer bathroom and he's like i heard you motherfucker and then he's like ah and he's like ah shit and then all of a sudden like so this is a this is like a spot for him where he's just like he just comes out out of nowhere <laughs> like the thing for me was place. like they're having this match they're killing each other and then all of a sudden like the baby faces like just win three on three on two i'm like well what the fuck but well, you know, whatever. They did like, beat his ass the week before too, so um, it, it was like a full circle uh, thing. So like Sue ends up pulling up after these guys yes. get to win. All of this um, over insured property damage, Rich. <laughs> All of this was over God insured property damage. God damn it! Um, and yeah, they get in the van. Where was retribution? Where where's fake Antifa? Yeah. Uh, Sue hugs her child, uh, her bloody child, tells him to get in. Then she drives a couple feet and then gives us a meme and a gift for all time. Uh, she sticks her finger out and throws the finger up uh, back at whoever. And Sue is over now, apparently. Yeah. Excellent show. Yeah, One of I the best that they've do you done. Think they get a second picture. Yes. Of them in the van. Like, yes, they have to. Yeah. They have to, um, but yeah, this is this is fucking excellent. Um, can't say uh, if you yeah. guys haven't seen it, check it out. Great match. Um, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be pretty easy for like thinking over the, this year in AEW. Um, I you know when we get to the end of the year stuff, like I I think it's a lot to make my um, top ten favorite matches of the year for AEW. I think it is. I think it's a lot. I don't know if it's top five, but it's definitely it's close. It's close. Like I have um I was thinking about this a couple weeks ago. Like number one match for me, like unless something else happens, it's gonna be the Iron Man match. Um like that's what I thought AEW was going to be. It was gonna be like that match like once a month or twice a month. But uh then probably I don't know I had I had to think about it but like that's I was thinking like that's definitely number one for me and I don't think I don't know what could come close but uh, oh yeah number two is gonna be um the tag match between Hangman and the Young Bucks um Hangman and Kenny versus the Young Bucks and then after that I was trying to figure it out but like this match is definitely in that top ten um yeah um so you you already went down next week's show right. Can you give yeah. that to us again? Yeah, so um, it's the tag match between uh, Sheeta and Thunder Rosa against Ivalice and Diamante. Jericho has a promo. Um, there's also um, the six-man with Moxley, Hobbs, and Darby Allen against uh, Team Taz and Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. 
think there's one. I think you match. mentioned Jericho has a promo. Yeah, Jericho has a promo. MJF is in action. I don't think he's advertised against anyone, though. And Brody Lee versus Orange Cassidy for the TNT title. Right. Okay. Should be another good show. Yeah. This is one of, I mean, we, we didn't, I didn't like state this, but like, this is one of the best shows of Dynamite ever. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you've seen the cage match, but it, it's like on the, like, the, the shows of the year, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's on that list. Makes sense. Um, yeah, so I guess we start off with NXT, uh, or not start off, but we move on to NXT. Show opens with, a non-title match, uh, Io Shirai versus Cha- Chauncey Blackheart. I keep calling her, calling her Chauncey, Chauncey instead of Shotzi. I keep doing that. Uh, great match. Um, this was the best match that Shotzi's had in NXT, um, as far as from a singles perspective or a tag perspective, even or perspective. So, um, this match was more or less like giving her near falls. On EO and her like an EO selling in a way to where it's like she's you know forget the part where you know she beat me a couple weeks ago like she's on her way like she's a legitimate person that's good is coming um, in, the, in the near future like she'll probably be featured on takeovers in the next couple months so um, I thought it was a really positive step um, finish comes with a uh, finish comes where EO ends up having her halfway th- in the middle of the in the dead center of the ring and this is a WWE ring it is not a stardom ring and she hits the moonsault and she doesn't land on her flush she lands none but shin um Ugh. yeah none but shin and uh, you know uh, I was like I got tipped off from it from um I think I saw Rance's tweet about it saying, like, you know, she may be the most talented wrestler in the world, but she need to figure out something with these uh, these landings for these moonsaults. And then I was like, so I was braced thinking, like, oh, God, it's going to be like when she landed on... Rhea Ripley? When she landed on Rhea Ripley or she landed on... I think Tegan is who she, she got on. She landed on someone's head recently in the time between um, uh, In Your House and Now, where she, like, landed on someone's head. Um... So I saw it, and I was like, and, then, and I came, I had, I had it braced, and I'm like, and then I see his shins, like, oh, it's just shins. I bet it hurt, but it's just shins. Uh, and, like, at first, I'm like, I, I was interested to see what this was going to be, because, like, if it had been, like, something that was, like, that's not that bad, I was going to post, like, I was going to send her the, po- uh, send Rance the, uh, the gif of, um, not the gif, the video of EO hitting the moonsaulting double foot stomp on, uh, Natsuki <laughs> Tayo from, like, 2014, but, yeah, um, yeah, but really good match. After the match, um, EO, in fact, helps her up, uh, as a play on last week's, um, thing where at the end, um, EO said to her, I like you, but don't make me hurt you, so she actually does, in fact, seems to, you know, the loner finally has a friend again, so, we'll see where this goes from here. Like, this could lead to, you know, they're always sending, or not always, but, like, every six months or nine months or so, they bring the tag team champions down here to defend. So, you know, you go ahead and have the match, showcase EO, and let Shotzi take the pin or something. So, it's like Jay Mills said when he battled Ness, 
Like after I embarrass you, I'm gonna shake your hand. I thought you were about to. Talk. I thought you were about to do Larry Holmes after he, after Ollie, but okay, yeah, same 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 premise. You know. So, um, we end up getting because of this match. After that, we end up getting an announcement that there will be a women's battle royal next week to determine number one contender on the on the. Uh, on the display, you see Rhea, you see Mercedes Martinez, you see Candice, you see Tegan, you see Dakota Kai, you see Raquel, you see damn near every woman in NXT that's been on TV. Um, so, uh, we'll, we'll see, but like in the dead center, you see Rhea. I think they sent her side questing some more. I don't think they're going to blow off EO versus um, Rhea in two weeks. I just, don't, I, just, I just don't think that's going to happen or three weeks or whatever the fuck. I don't think they're going to do it on the lame duck takeover show that they just pulled out their ass. I just don't, but maybe. Um, I think the next time AEW does something really big, they'll probably do it head-to-head. <laughs> they'll book it then. I would rather see it there than on a random takeover. Is like, okay. like uh, So, I'm trying to think... Uh, I did the show with Imp on Thursday. I don't remember who I... Th- oh, I, I thought Ren- I thought uh, Ra- Raquel Gonzalez could be like the person they just pull out and pluck because they've done all the protection with her. Um, so I think out of this, you either have her as the winner or she's... Her and um, Rhea are going to finally finally lock horns. You know, we're going to see. They're going to have a hoss battle. So um, maybe they do Mercedes Martinez and that's how they send her off. I don't know. That's what I do. They got plenty of options. Like she could wrestle Mia, she could wrestle Candice, she could wrestle Tegan, she could like you know whatever. Uh, there's plenty of plenty of people, plenty of talent down there. Um, next match you end up getting Tommaso Ciampa versus Desmond Troy. Desmond Troy is a former um, Denzel Dijonette. What a like step down for a name Desmond Troy sounds like an HBCU third string running back <laughs> uh, you could have just said college running back <laughs> you, you really could have said college running back uh, actually you could be like a big 10 college running back yeah wow. um, Yeah. He, Desmond Troy look Desmond Troy ran for like 1100 yards as a junior for Michigan State he absolutely did <laughs> you cannot convince me that did not happen. Um, yeah, so it, it was just a simple back and forth. Uh, he's now because um, you know I don't know if I tell you. Yeah, to to, to Hootie Miles to, to Hootie Miles. He changed, changed his name last name. week too. Yes. Um, he it is Ashanti something Adonis. Adonis. Yes, that's right. I was calling him Adonis last week. Yeah. So now we have Desmond Troy. Um, Desmond Troy is no longer in the uh, the 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 '90s hip hop gimmick, like looking mm-hmm. like yeah, he, he's no longer doing that. He is basically in the singlet as a shooter, so he does a little bit of tussling with with Tommaso Ciampa, and you know he's bigger than Ciampa, so he's rough has him and throw him around a little bit. And Ciampa cuts him off and just kills him. Uh, so after that, um, Jake Atlas, who he murdered like two weeks ago or three weeks ago um, comes out and says hi I 
if you don't remember me, I'm the guy whose ass you kicked the other week. I was, I was like, I was like, no. <laughs> he, and you Rich, I, Rich, I shit you not. He literally said, I'm the guy who, whose ass you kicked the other week. I'm not, I, that is not hyperbole. That is not me like summarizing his words. He if he didn't say exactly what I said, he said ninety five percent of what I said, and maybe I'm forgetting a, a, a comma or a or a apostrophe or something there. But that is almost verbatim exactly what he said with his quote. I'm the guy whose ass you kicked last week or the other week. They, I they, they find new ways to make niggas geeks. Like, I could <laughs> find new ways. Rich, I could not fucking believe this. Who um, told him to say this? So, um, he, uh, he said, wow. gonna, he, he, he said something, but I can't remember because, like, I was just like, so just taking up back and my mouth agape. It's just like, did this dude really just say this? Yeah. This is fighting words. I'm the guy who's asked you, I want a piece next week. But he asked for a piece next week. And boy, it. Yikes. <laughs> oh my God. They should have a good match. Two very talented guys, obviously. Um, they did this before um, with Ciampa a few months ago um, where they had him murder. Um, Austin Theory, and then he had a match for Austin Theory, and that was a really good match. That was at a point where I was thinking, like, Austin Theory might be next because I didn't realize that he was, like, 5'11". I thought he was, like, 6'2". Once I was 5'11", I was like, oh, no, you're not going to be next, Randy Orton. That's not for you. That's not yeah. for you. Not going to happen. Also, like, he's, like... That's before we knew about that. That's before we I'm knew not, about... Nah, nah, I'm not even talking about that. It's like, no, he's Austin Theory. Like, it's just not... <laughs> Like, <laughs> but the thing was, Rich, they were putting him. They were they were groom the people they were putting him in the ring with. They were clearly grooming him to have good matches with people that could that could have good matches with him. Because clearly, the dude's talented. It's just there's something missing, and a lot of that might be due to experience. But like, they were putting him in there with Champa, and then like, uh, they had him in there with someone else of that ilk of like a top of the line guy. Like, it may, it may have been like Roddy. Like they, they, they had him in the ring because I see him and Darby Allen as contemporaries because they were in Evolve at the same time. What's the other reason? Well, um, yeah, uh, maybe lying about how old they actually are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Darby Allen definitely in that. Um, we don't know how old he is. Look, uh, I think both of them guys are from Georgia. Well, no, Darby's from the Northwest, but he spent time in Georgia. I I think it's Idaho. Yes, yes, yep. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like I see them as contemporaries, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, which one would you rather have? Like, <laughs> like uh, I don't know, man. Like, so I don't know. I just kind of look at Austin Theory funny based on that. But mm-hmm. well, yeah, like Darby's a better worker than him. Like, yeah, he he absolutely is. But you know. Like I feel like they're in the right spot for both of them, based off of what they both, what their skill sets and pre, and what they can bring Agreed. to the table, huh? Agreed. Yeah. Um. Like they wouldn't let him do that kind of stuff in, in, in WWE. Hell no, no. And by that kind of stuff, anything good. <laughs> well, by that stuff, I meant like, oh yeah, go out here and like, yeah, jump off the bridge and and, sh- and shoot it. Yeah, and, and get that approved. Like actually, you know what? I take that back. They would Vince would probably see that and be like, "That's great," 
and then after he would that would just be his thing just the the, the, like he would literally be riding the half pipe on raw every week I don't even know. I don't even know about the X Games part. I was talking about as far as like the thrill seeking part. Like I think Vince would get oh. a kick. I think Vince would got a kick out of the thrill seeking thing, and he would have figured out how to put that on TV. But then like, but then he would never like try to make him a, into some semblance of a bankable uh, character on TV. They would even like let's just have him out here like backstage and catering, and then like whenever he comes up with his next stunt um, that he wants to air, we'll put it out there for the people. But like. Matches? Like, nah, for what? We don't do. We, like, want to, we, don't, we really don't even want to do matches here. You know, like if you want a facsimile of how Darby Allen would be treated in WWE, Cracker Bro Clash. Good Lord, no. Look at Alistair Black. Sk- skateboarding on the ramp, like skateboarding with thumbtacks. No, they're not doing that. They're not doing that at WWE. No, not a chance. And I'm not even thinking. I don't even necessarily want to want to see that. Even if they were going to use Darby Allen to his fullest potential in, in uh, WWE, he's like, nah, bro. I want to see him like have kick-ass matches without, like, trying to maim people, or, or or without trying to get to that, because, like, I don't really... They're not good with violence, hyper-violence WWE, at least not right now. Maybe maybe before, but not now. Like, a heel gets embarrassed, like, you spent the next week, like, oh, that heel's gonna fuck someone up. They don't even follow up in that kind of way, often. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, you know, you got the best of him now, but, like, he's furious. Like those, those like inner circle beatdowns we've been we've seen over the like last year. Yeah, you don't really see that kind of stuff on the main roster anymore. And it's not like you know Jericho and them are like you know killing people, but it's like gotta let them know. It's like no, we don't need We're to let not them here know to fuck around. Like, 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 like we don't need to let them know because they're gonna win the feud at the end because our heels go over all the time. <laughs> it, doesn't matter. it doesn't matter. Like I mean, I guess you can say Corbin. I would, I would say Corbin. Corbin Corbin lays that beats down beat beat downs on people. I think it's embarrassed, but like that's kind of it. Yeah, Baron Corbin will lose the match to you and then immediately lay you out with his finish. Yeah, no like? one gets over <laughs> after. No one gets over. Um, quick. So yeah, uh, after we end up getting a uh, early in the day video page where Drake Maverick is walking to. Ooh, um, shit. The arena are walking to the campus, walking to full sale, and he says, "I've been trying to reach out to. Uh, we have a tag match. It's me and it is uh, Killian Dane versus Undisputed, based off of what's been going on." Tell you, bro. And once you start getting linked with Killian Dane in NXT, that's like the death knell. Like, kind of, kind of. Um, and, he, and he's talking to the interview and he's like, I'm trying to get a hold of him. Do you know his number? No, 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 whatever. But okay, we'll, you know, we have a match schedule, but like, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. It's fine. It's fine. So, um. Killian Dane look like he don't even own a phone, bitch. <laughs> yes, that is not like the most sophisticated man. I, you know, <laughs> but whatever. You know, looks can be deceiving. Uh. So we end up getting after that we end up getting a uh, a video package from Finn Balor. He's backstage in the, in the same th- the smoke thing that he does in the black and white, and he talks about how like he's you know last time he was um, NXT champion, he was doing all the press for everyone. This time, none of that shit. I'm just doing me. And the focus is you know being the best wrestler. Um, and then it's like you know promotion for that. So <laughs> wrong company for that. But anyway. Um, 
he ends up saying like you know there's gonna be a new ch- title challenger he's like that's what's next that's what's new he's, he's he's like you know whatever challenge is bring it forward uh in the background they show people like walter because you know that was a match that was supposed to be at um a uk takeover that got scrapped i think it was supposed to be dublin right it's supposed to be on dublin um showed well i'm glad we had to watch walter lose to finn balor looking back yeah he probably would lost that would have sucked well no 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 nxt uk i don't think he would have won the uk title i don't know i don't know don't know yeah, i don't, don't know, know. <clears throat> don't know well then again like yeah you know if if finn wins then he can come bring the uk title to NXT uh, at Full Sail, and then he could be a Brock Lesnarian uh, figure to the UK for the tapings. And you know they only tape what every three weeks those tapings. So like he could have made he could have made those trips. It would have he they they could have done that. They could have done that. Um, nice. who, who knows? We'll see. Like like the Brock Lesnar figure, not named Walter. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> Good point. Like that's a, that's another thing about like the Roman Reigns thing is like oh so Brock left so like now he's now he's now he's Brock so Brock left so now Roman is Brock more or less okay whatever like I don't hate it I don't dislike it but it's like that's the only way you know how to make your the top star you have in your company is to like make him to this person that like could be uh off-putting in a way that's not like conducive to traditional like I want to pay to see that person get beat as opposed like I feel like they're setting this up in a way that's like I don't know but you know whatever I don't know like uh, yeah I'm not sure where they're headed with it but um just have good matches I'm gonna be watching because like if they fuck this up like it'd be like it was like, hey, y'all did this shit. Y'all turned the cancer. Late. Y'all, t- y'all turned the two-time cancer survivor heel for this. You better not fuck this up. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm into it at the beginning, simply because of the the change in alignment. Yeah, let's like see it if too. it's any. Let's see if it's any good now. Yeah, I like it too. Um, it's just because it definitely changed a very stale status quo. Um. But I'm also very aware of like that's all you did is like you just turn you just made like damn like so it's almost like all that stuff that they said that why they couldn't turn him before was cap. Well, we always knew that. Like sometimes I, you know I had another thought right. We talk about how they screwed up Roman and how they how traces back to the Daniel Bryan insertion and like a couple weeks before that Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Like, what if Daniel Bryan never gets hurt? Like, is that one? Is that one of the five greatest? Is that one of the ten greatest? Like, um, five or ten greatest? What ifs of pro wrestling in the last? I don't know of the of the last decade. Because, like, honestly, because hold on, let me finish. Let me finish it out. If he doesn't, I don't mean the second time where he retires for a couple years. I mean like the second one where like he's gone from um, after that match with Kane until. That we're almost at 15 because if he's healthy, we know that he's going to SummerSlam to get the squashing that Cena got. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to be the champion all the way through. He's already been, the title reign has been cut short. He would have gotten the treatment that Kofi just got, right? People would have been mad at Brock 
the good kind of man at Brock. And then people would have remembered Roman with Batista lat from the year before. How people rooted for him to whatever else. Like I guess it's a twofold thing because Roman also got hurt. But if he's healthy, it leaves them some it gives them more room for like everybody nobody's necessarily against him and Daniel Bryan's been moved out the way for Brock Lesnar supposed to move out the way for Roman Reigns. Like, granted, they still have a whole bunch of stuff to do where it's like he should be feuding with Seth as opposed to whatever the fuck he was doing um, after the show broke up. But that's another subject. Whatever else. There's another discussion, but it's like I think that's a big what if. Like, I feel like he gets over if he doesn't get hurt and Daniel Bryan will get hurt in 2014. You know what? I'm not sure because we're really like, getting it. We're really, we're, we're going over this again. Cause right. it's like, this is where like the Titanic and iceberg, like the, the like, Oh my God. All these things trace back to this thing. Well, yeah. really all of it trace back to when like they brought Brock Lesnar in and then they had Cena beat him in the first fucking pay-per-view. That's really where it's, that's the real, uh, like, tipping, that's a real part right there because, like, everything out there is like, we gotta get Brock Lesnar over. We gotta get Brock Lesnar over. Why do you beat him here, you fucking idiots? Yeah. Um, people would have been mad. Like, the, the thing Daniel Bryan had once in a lifetime. Yep. Um, and WWE, to their credit, can cool somebody's jets and get people to not believe in them and can ruin some shit. So I won't underestimate him there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how that necessarily flips into a positive for Reigns because at that point, like, if Daniel Bryan doesn't go away, well, I guess the Shield I'm- doesn't have a reason to break up. So, aside from, from, hey, it's time to break up the shield. Rather than, hey, uh, Brian, the top babyface is down. We need to create two other people, essentially. Um, well, I don't know. Well, you know, looking back at it in retrospect, it's like, we always thought, like, it was a year too early for Roman. Like, he hadn't, you know, going singles anyway. Like he wasn't, mm-hmm. or let me phrase it. He was he was a year away from being ready to be a main eventer as a singles act. Like as a shield, he could do whatever fuck he wanted, right? Um, but the thing was, like when you look back at it, like you look at the options, like obviously it's because Daniel Bryan. This is part because it's exacerbated and it's hurried because Daniel Bryan gets hurt, so they need two baby faces, and they pick the two. They pick two out of three at the shield and turn the other one heel. Um, but it's also the looming thing of we do want we know we want Roman to be the next guy, and John Cena is telling us that his time is ticking as far as when he's going to go Hollywood, which is like at the time we didn't have that that part of the math as far as like their decision making process. And it was like okay, they started him a year early because like they want to get the ball rolling on this and make a tra- <clears throat> make some type of transition um, while, you know, Cena could eventually put Roman over, but like they kept getting stuck in this loop of going back to Brock to and Brock. Roman over and over and over because they fucked it up the first time because of the, the assertion of Daniel Bryan back and it's like I think the Cena thing's a big factor too because then you have Cena and Bryan still there, so 
I, I, I think it's real hard. To, and they were going to they were going to try to it was, ask fans. It was to do inevitable this. that they were going to go to Roman. It was inevitable to go to Roman. And at that time, they were going to say, hey, don't pick John Cena fans. Don't pick Roman Re- or uh, Daniel Bryan, but pick Roman Reigns. Like we remember WrestleMania 31. They gave Cena and Bryan the mid card belts to like buffer Roman Reigns like right. at any point. So right. it's like I've never seen someone get set up like they were determined for this man not to fail. And he still fucking failed. Like <laughs> because they like, screwed it all up. Because they kept, they kept having to rob Peter to pay Paul and then ultimately like all the stuff they did where they screwed from we go back to the Lesnar shit coming back like we got to get him over. We got to get him over. We got to get him over. Okay. How do we get him over to where he would have been before we stupidly had Cena beat him up because we were upset that Brock Lesnar left? Um, okay, have him break the streak. You didn't want to say that for Roman fucking Reigns? Like, you know, say to establish him as a single star? Like, they, they, all of this stuff is just like a cycle of bad decisions that, like, that were, bad in, that were bad in real time and then, like, are worse after because you have to make even more last decisions. Look, because now we have the, the answer. Like, we didn't have the answer before. But, oh, maybe it'll work out. No. Like, we have right. the answer now. Right. Like, we, right. we, we've looked in the back of the textbook right. and say, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the date this happens on. And they never actually do Cena versus Roman Reigns at any, like, meaningful event. Right. They dump that shit right. at No Mercy right. 2017. Like, right. what? Like, just crazy. And, like, the best explanation they have for it is, well, that pay per view was in Staples Center. Then why was a SummerSlam there? Who gives a shit? <laughs> um, yeah, like it's it's crazy. Like, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like conversations, like this is like it's bad in real time, and then like it got worse looking back on the retrospect. And it's like you keep making more like bad, poor decisions to try to. Fix what you've already broken, and it keep breaking it worse and worse and worse. And now, like, all right, we have a two-time cancer survivor is is, is a fucking heel. It's like the heel champion. I I can't believe they're raising the heel now. Like I felt like it was him and Cena had reached that point. Like Cena's Cena because it's like it went so long that it's like what can, what can he possibly do as a heel? Like that would make it intriguing enough to be it's like, yeah, you're going to get, you're going. This is a new take, and it's going to be great compared to like the cash cow that was John Cena. And then, like Roman is like, he just beat blood cancer. What are we doing? Like it's cool. Like I'm, a, you know, it's interesting. But like I'm thinking, it's like this ain't this the dude that's going to be doing Make a Wish still? No. Oh, okay. Uh, he, no, he probably still know, is. He probably still is going to do that or whatever else. But it's like, I thought that he was going to what, be. What like, happened to all this merch he was selling, James? Like, what happened to that? Like, I, was, I mean, I think he's still selling merch. I think that new shirt's doing pretty well. But I mean, I, I mean, compared to what he was, you know. But even even when he was a top dude, it's like going into WrestleMania 34, he was a top merch seller. But he was, by all accounts, number one with AJ on his ass. So it's like, he's the number one merch guy. Um, yeah, he's the biggest star y'all have. But given what he developed into, because you mismanaged him, and he 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 is not as he's not nearly as big as he should be, given what he actually developed to over time. Like, 
you know, we used to, like, I don't know about his promos. He became a good promo. Like, or, or, or dependable promo, whatever you feel. Like, before he, was a, he wasn't a good promo at all. Now he's actually someone you can give the mic to and, you know, trust in or whatever else to deliver Vince's word salad. And then, like, he, you know, 2016-17 pay-per-view matches, he had a bunch of, he had a bunch of good-ass pay-per-view matches. And then, like, they decided, we don't want to do that. We want to have these uh, uh, matches. So it was like, they just, they just, they just made it. They just like, oh, my God, what are they doing to this poor dude? And he goes on the uh, Observer Hall of Fame ballot this year. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> oh my god, that's. Oof, oof. I, I'm not even. I don't even want to touch that. Anyway, you can move on back to NXT. Um, my phone just froze. Uh, basically, Austin Theory comes out. He throws more fat jokes at um, Bronson Reed. And he offers an open challenge. The person that answers the open challenge is Kushida, who proceeds to beat the fuck out of Austin Theory. I this is how do I say this? This is like watching this is like watching Konami in a match with like Lasaya. Wow. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. I'm going to grab one of your arms and I'm going to try to break it. Uh and it whooped his ass. Actually, I don't even think he actually broke down into a full-on match. It just turned into he was on on Austin Theory's ass, and then like he started putting him in arm bars with rope assisted arm bars, and the refs had to come get this man because he he was kicking too much ass and he didn't have a match. He just beat the shit out of him. Um, I'm assuming this is supposed to be um, a dignant babyface Kushida as he eventually uh, takes on Velveteen Dream um, because Velveteen Dream attacked him a few weeks ago. Um, and we hadn't seen Kushida since. So, more on the road towards Kushida versus uh, Velveteen Dream, which is, you know, every time you ever see Kushida on NXT, it's like, God damn, he's a great wrestler. And the last and few he times we've seen... for like eight weeks. For like three or four <laughs> weeks. But the, my, my point was like, every time you see Kushida, you're like, damn, that's a great wrestler right there. That's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And then every time you, like lately, or in 2020, when you see Velveteen Dream, which you probably shouldn't, which you shouldn't see on TV anyway, but when we do see him, we're yeah. like, oh my God, what, what is going to happen? This fucking guy. Yeah, so, uh, hope, you know, hopefully Kushida can get that, can get that shit right. And I, I, you know, they probably, they shouldn't even have this match on because he shouldn't, because Velveteen should be on TV, but, We'll see. We'll see what comes of this. Um, okay, so after that, we end up getting um, Candice cutting a promo on her phone to Tegan, and all of a sudden, Johnny interrupts, talking about how during the 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 tough the the scuffle inside of the uh, Gargano residence with Tegan from the week before, um, while they were throwing stuff at each other. Um, Candace had threw something at Tegan. Tegan ducked and it hit the big screen, the flat screen. And Johnny then says, I can't believe we have to watch NXT off the laptop in standard definition. It's like the only saving grace that these guys suck, so maybe it wouldn't, wouldn't be so bad to watch them on HD. Uh, but it just. But then um, they just—I uh, forgot what Candice finished off by saying. I think she's more annoyed by Johnny interrupting her promo. Um, so then we end up getting uh, NXT tag title match uh, rematch actually. Breezango versus uh, Eichner and Bartel, 
and this is easily the best match that um, Breezango has I've had as a tag team coming back to WWE or NXT. Um, <laughs> Bro, so breaking kayfabe here. So we're recording this show very late Saturday night, right? Uh-huh. Like, you want to know what's on right now, James? <laughs> what's on right now? The fucking V one is on right now. Yeah, <laughs> live. Yeah. No, yeah. Funny. Okay. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize. I figured it'd be later. I didn't realize they were doing a Sunday midday show. But yeah. Um. So, what was I going to say? Or afternoon show. Um. Yeah. So they had a they had a very good match. You get heat on um, Fandango first. Sets up the hot tag for Breeze. Uh, really good match. Like I probably give it. Three and a half. Um, I was surprised they didn't have a match. My expectations were so low for it. I was thinking, like, it's going to be some junk or whatever else. But at the end, oh, the finish ends up being um, they get Breeze stacked up and they're going to go for their power bomb, Doomsday power bomb, Doomsday device power bomb a finish. Um, Breeze or Fandango pushes uh, Buddy off of the top turnbuckle and I believe it's um, Eichner that um, is, has him up in the powerbomb position Hurricane Rana to a um, to a Rana pin for the for the three um, it was a finish I was like if this is in front of a crowd it would have popped big because he was like oh look at the surprise roll up or whatever else or if this was anywhere else but it's like we're in front of uh, the full cell audience and like I gotta say uh, this week between Daly's Place and the plants. I thought the plants in Daly's place did a very good job uh, cheering for the wrestling in the way they should. So, shouts out for them. We normally get on them when they stink, but uh, I thought they both did a good job. But um, it, you know, it's just not the same as like in front of the four hundred, you know, full sell, uh, full sellers. So, uh, next match after that, or next thing after that, we end up getting um, Casey Kenzaro and. Ken Carter versus Zia Lee and Jessica Maya. Um, this was Rich. You know, we talked about uh, Caden and, and Casey and like, what the fuck? Where, where are they? We know they're talented. <laughs> how did they ever, well, how did yeah. they ever like... They went out dude. there and had their normal uh, Largo Minreg Hall match. You know, fast, quick, athletic, do moves, um, fun stuff, and getting the win. Um, after the match, oh, Zia Lee, uh, came out, new outfit, similar outfit, but new, um, speaking and, of outfits, this nigga Juice Robinson, I don't know what the fuck he's doing oh, out no. here. Is it worse than before? Okay, so it's like, this man's wearing, like, a white tank top and some brown, shiny pants, or whatever, and his hair is, like, halfway buzzed and the hair is just slicked back in the middle. It, like, this man looks like I don't get it. Like, this man was on the on the door of, like, superstardom, like, aesthetically and then he's gone backwards ever since. But, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, you know? bad. Like, I don't know if you'd be, be able to see this, right? Like, bro, what is he doing? Like, <laughs> he he looks like 
Yeah, I don't know what he's doing with his hair. I don't know, but and I haven't known what he's been doing with his hair ever, for like the past like six, the seven, eight months, nine the months. Hair, the outfit, the the everything, just nah. Man. I don't get the beater. Maybe he's out of shape. I don't know. I don't know. Yikes! That um, man been out there with Tony Storm. That man mine ain't on on the wrestling right now. That man mine somewhere else. Man's in love. Hey, we can't be blaming on Tony Storm. You know what I bet uh, Tony Storm looks like? The Tony Storm we remember. So, <laughs> so don't blame that on Tony Storm. Uh, I didn't even know they were together. So there you go. Um, yeah, but back to uh, the tag match. Like you know, it's Zaya was really good. Kaser's really good. Kane's really good. Uh, Kane ended up. Um, no. Uh, match ends on this cool looking move where Caden has Jesse I'm sorry has Zaya in like the crucifix bomb position like she had she, she had basically had, like hooked up on her back mm-hmm. and then Caden or Casey comes off the ropes and then drop kicks her and then you get the crucifix bomb uh, and then um, Casey basically jumps over the top and basically max, max botch or sorry match box covers uh, her legs for the pin. Um, after the match, uh, the babyfaces try to shake uh, the losers' hands. Um, Jesse takes the handshakes. Zaya just walks off. So, looks like there's some development there. Maybe she turn her heel. They could use her. They could. They could use a bottom of the bottom of the card prelim heel. They could. Um, because you know it's it's too stacked. It's like. How am I supposed to, how am I supposed to get matches when there's like a murderous row of you motherfuckers? Like if it ain't EO, it's Rhea. If it ain't Rhea, it's Candice LeRae. If it's not Candice LeRae, it's Dakota Kai. If it's not Dakota Kai, it's Mia Yim. If it's not Mia Yim, it's Mercedes Martinez. God damn. <laughs> uh So, times. so they're getting ready for Drake Maverick and Killian Dane versus Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era this week is Bobby Fishing in is Fishing. Uh, sorry, yeah, Fishing in in Rude. So backstage, Drake Maverick walks up on Killian Dane. It's like, hey man, you ready for the match? He's like, I'm not being in partners with you. I don't want to do this. So go out there. Look, just take the L or whatever else. So. Now, he didn't say take the L, but he was like, I'm not doing this match. It's fucking stupid. I won't t- tag with you. So, Drake Maverick was like, okay, then. Takes, walks his ass down to the ring. Uh, I think Undisputed came out first. Walks his ass down to the ring. Gear was raw, by the way. Looked like some 90, 95, 90, no, 90. What was, what year was Dudes Attitude? 96? Dudes Attitude. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Be- uh, good Friends, Better Enemies. 96. Nine, yeah, 96 Sean Gear in colorway. Um, he ain't the only one that's out here looking like Shawn Michaels out here. Well, a lot of people. I don't know what you mean, but. Oh, Damian Priest. Those are like the same pants he wore in that Balor match in your house. Yeah, I guess it's something like maybe it's because it's white and you know Shawn Michaels look like WrestleMania. Yeah, you know what? You know what? That's probably like early, like ninety three, like basically Sherry Martell, uh, Shawn White, Shawn Michaels gear. Yeah, mm. I can see that now. Now that I'm thinking about like younger Shawn Michaels, not you know the template that we all you know people have copied for the last you know. Um. Anyway, so Drake brings that to the ring. Roddy's in the ring. 
Roddy, look, we know Roddy. It don't matter the stakes. It don't matter whatever else. All he gonna do is go, and all he did was go, and he went through uh, <laughs> Drake Maverick. He gave this man some of the nastiest backbreakers, and Drake, as Drake Maverick's saying, he can sell his ass off. He's selling his ass off. You get to a point where you're just like, he mounts a comeback at one point just against those two, and you're like, this is this is this shouldn't work, but like this is entertaining. And then they cut to the back, and they show Dane basically taking a seat where he uh, got confronted by Maverick, and they're they're watching the TV like backstage, and he's getting he's getting wailed on Maverick, and he's sitting there laughing with the rest of the crowd <laughs> laughing at it, and I'm like. Oh my fucking god, dude! So then, all of a sudden, Regal shows up. Regal shows up and says, "Why are you not out there for your match? I don't want to do that match. You were booked for the match. More or less, like get your ass out there. No. You oh want, my you, god! Oh, you want me to be in the match? Fine, I'll go out there. He walks out there. The the match spills to the outside. No, I'm sorry. Actually, yeah, Maverick spills to the outside." Um, Undisputed both get into the ring. <sighs> he walks up on Maverick and says, You want help? Here's your help. Picks him up, rolls him in the ring, says, Take the L like a man, or be a, or take or lose like a man. And he goes to walk away. So then they both the hit, two heels, Undisputed, come out, come out to the floor with uh Maverick. After, they actually knock his ass back out the ring and then to the floor, and then they both get down there and he says, as he's walking up the ramp, uh Killian Dane. I think it was Roddy that says, yeah, get the hell out of here, you big, I think he called him a, either an ape, something about how hairy he was in an animal. Yeah. Then you see the the camera angle. He he flashes. He turns around, comes back into the ring. He, he, he clears house. Um, and then... Uh, they take the, sorry, one of the undisputed dudes grabs a chair, chair to the lip of the chair to the gut, throw it out DQ, um, and then and then Drake and them clear the ring. So we couldn't do it. Hold finish. on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. We are not done. Actually, you know what? Actually, yeah, go there. Say it. Go ahead. We cannot get a finish in this match. Yes, so we cannot. So we couldn't get a finish in Drake Maverick and Killian Dane versus, versus Bobby Roode. I almost called him Bobby Roode. Bobby or, Fish, me, yes. Bobby Fish and Roddy. Roger Strong. Yep. Right. Who the fuck are we protecting we, we here? Can, right? We cannot, we, right. We could not... We could not possibly pin Bobby Fish. Not <laughs> a chance. We could possibly pin Drake Maverick. What the fuck? Right. No, no, no. There, there's more. We're going to get to Drake Maverick because... Yes. Okay. Yes, we are. So after that, and they cleared the ring, and he's like, "Me and you, huh? We got to win. We got to win, man. We got to win." I think he gives him an attaboy and slaps him on the shoulder. This fucking guy. I knew it was gonna happen. It's like he's gonna punch him in the face, isn't he? Punch him in the <laughs> fucking face, knocks him out again. I'm like, God fucking damn it! What? Like one is one is hilarious, but two is like. What is wrong with y'all? Y'all have no. Did y'all just want to go to rant last week about how they kill their fucking baby faces? It's like it, it's like they listen to the show and they're like, "How can we piss James off every single week?" Yo, uh, this man. 
I, I was listening to Brian and Vinny, and they said they booked this man better when he was without a job. Like, they, right, they, they right, right, right. <laughs> who is he supposed to get over with? Fan, like, who is he inspiring? Not what, no, what not fans no believe in him. He's a, he's just a fucking idiot. He's just an idiot now. <sighs> Yuck. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yep. Can't so, do no finishes there though. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Can't can't possibly be Bobby Fish. Unbelievable. believable. So, um, after that we get Jake out. Al- more baby faces getting their ass whipped. Jake Al- Atlas is outside, and the uh, walking towards or towards his car, or he is out- outside in the dark in the um on campus at Full Sail walking around. And he gets jumped. He gets put in the jump zone by by Champa. And uh, the person that makes the save for him is Kyle O'Reilly. Now, when uh, when Undisputed was after the the shit that happened with Adam Cole, where he got you know so like he got knocked out of getting kicked in the chest. He uh, the next week they beat the shit out of. Damien, not Damien Priest, but uh, Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. And then they start beating up more people. And as they kept beating up more people, like a couple weeks ago, Kyle O'Reilly was like, hey man, you ain't had to do this. You ain't have to beat these dudes up. Like, it's it's cool, bro. You ain't have to do all this. Like, y'all being extra mm-hmm. right now. So he makes a save for Ciampa. I'm sorry, for, for Atlas. And he basically warns um, Champa like, me and you are going to wrestle in the next couple weeks, basically. Mm-hmm. That's basically what he's telling us. Um, and as other people are attending to Atlas, he's like, get up, man, you're fine. Yeah, so, like, they may be teasing, you know, a babyface turn for Kyle O'Reilly. Um, I don't know, but we'll see. I, You know, I just want to see Kyle O'Reilly versus Champa. That'd be awesome. Or, you know, versus Atlas. That'd be awesome, too. Hmm. Um. So then we end up getting an announcement from Regal. <sighs> Remember last week I said like he's, he has two announcements, and I was yeah. like, I bet one of them is some convoluted, uh, some ti- convoluted match or tournament to determine the number one contender for one of the titles. Well, I was right. They're going to do a five-person gauntlet match where the rules are. Uh, you can get pinned at any pinned or submitted at any time, and a new person comes out not after a person is pinned or submitted, but after a f- the four minute uh time limit. So, um, so it's like people have been saying it's like Aztec warfare and Lucha Underground, like okay. something like that. Never like, seen it. it. Look, sounds cool. I, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to kill him over it. Like for me, it's like I don't think no, no, I don't think is I think it's gonna be a good match. It's like okay, you get four guys and you get. Two guys wrestle. Four minutes go by, like they wrestle or whatever else, and then like is, I like the part where you can get pinned and submitted anytime. You, it's not like everybody has to get in before someone get pinned and submitted. So I like that. So I'm good with that. Like I go out there and have a half hour, a good half hour long match. Fine by me. Um, let's see. What was the other announcement? I can't remember. The women's battle royal, right? 
Yes. No. Uh, no, I think they announced that earlier in the show. I forgot what the second announcement was. I can't remember. I'm... Uh, I think it actually. I think it was a takeover date. I think that was. Uh, I think it was second announcement or the first yeah, announcement. Always got to hype that on social media. Yeah. So um, then we end up getting Damian Priest versus North American title match. Damian Priest versus Timothy Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher. Whoo! What a match. They beat the shit out of each other. Um, strikes, 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 and. And every time it's like this dude's out striking me, I'm gonna grab a limb to try to to try to even the advantage. And then it turns to Priest, just like I have my striking ability, but like I have a bad leg right now. I have a bad form, and like isn't is inhibiting my striking. And he's throwing up blocks and it's hurting me and everything. It was just good ass match. Um, and also it, it it played a story on the pro the. Uh, video study, a film study that Thatcher did the week before, where he's like, he does the Razor's Edge thing, you know, like or whatever else. That, that's that's him wasting time. I'll just grab his leg, and then he works over his leg in the match. And then you know, every time he, he sees he's a great striker, but every time he throws a strike, he he leaves out a body part. You see that forearm? I'll just slap a Kimura on it. He did that throughout the match, like so it, it played into everything. And I, you know, it. Thatcher, when he's in the ring with a striker, apparently, he's going to have a great match. Like, whether it's Riddle or it's Priest, he's just going to have a great match with anybody that, that throws strikes because he's going to grind them down and then eventually going to stand back up. Or also, um, uh, Lorcan. We're just like, we're going to throw blows and we're going to just throw Chris stripes, strikes at each other and then I'm going to throw in some misses or whatever else. And, like, it just looks so... It just looks really good in his fun matches, like all of them. So... Um, at the end, Priest ends up winning with a top turnbuckle spinning heel kick that looks like it defies physics. It was awesome. Um, great match. Rich is a match I suggest that I, I recommend for you to watch on NXT. Um, but yeah, like this is this really good ass match. Like I, how come you, how come Matt Thatcher's having a good match with everybody except for Finn Balor? Huh. Indeed. The question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the end of the show. Um, next week they have the um the women's battle royal. They have the uh gauntlet match. Should be should be a fun episode as well. More Wednesday more great Wednesday wrestling. I I thought I you know I feel like once a month I'm just like these two shows both knocked out the park on the same week and that's how I felt about both these shows like I, I thought a, I thought AEW was a better show but I thought this was also a great show as well yeah um, so don't forget uh, this show is brought to you guys by Manscaped <laughs> it actually finally died and I had to charge it today so it's been weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks it's actually been months months before you know I had to throw it back on the charger uh, today uh, and it was like, man, I'm going to actually have to tell the people that I actually had to charge it after months and months and months. So you guys can see the battery power uh, there yourselves. Don't forget, of course, you can use that um, that 20% off uh, uh, code. Uh, use the code SUPLEX uh, on uh, manscaped.com. Order, get your free shipping and 20% off 
Uh, it's manscaped.com. Use the code SUPLEX. They've got the quiet stroke technology. Trim the junk of yours. Uh, 90 minutes uh, straight through, you know, or a long time, depending on how much you, you know, actually use it. Uh, they got the skin safe technology and uh, everything else uh, on the site. That's not just the razor. Uh, they've got uh, a lot of different you know things to make you smell good, and I think they got some merchandise uh, on there too. So uh, don't forget, twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Suplex at manscaped.com. Yeah. Um, so just a heads up for y'all um, because next week is a um, WWE pay per view. We're going to do a midweek show. Um, I don't know if that's going to be probably Thursday or Wednesday. I'm not sure. No, definitely not Wednesday. Take it back. I take all, I take it all back. It's going to be on a Thursday. It's going to be on a Thursday or Friday. Uh, um, and we'll, we'll go through that. Uh, we'll probably find a guest to help us out. Obviously. Oh um, yeah. Do some heavy lifting oh, yeah. on that, that end. Um, I'll talk to you about who I, who I hope that we can grab, but, um, and then while we do that, we'll also catch up on, um, and run through the G one, um, Happenings as well, and uh, interesting first day. Okay, um, I have not watched it. Full disclosure, I've not watched it yet because I am waiting to for Stardom's Grand Prix final to that aired um, on Saturday or last night or whatever else um, to be fully put up, and then I'll watch that in its entirety, and then I'll catch up on the G one. So you know, half the show is already up. So. You know, hopefully I can get this done by Monday and then I can catch up on G1 and not have to be like, be three days behind and be like, oh yeah, you're, you know, no. you're not, you catch up on four fucking shows. Be like, oh, I quit in week one. I didn't even make it to week one. I'm already <laughs> how fast out. Can, you, can, can you get out of here? Like, yes. How uh, long can you last in the G1? Yes, that is a real thing. Like last year, it took me like, I probably made it like a week and a half or two weeks and that was first ever going. Like, I plan on watching every all episode and it's a lot easier now because there's no undercard tags. So, even I said it back. It's not easy for me because I was already on the James Boyd Bridge <laughs> version where like fuck them tags. I'm just I'm just trying to see these single bouts. I'm trying to see who's bout it in these single bouts. So yeah. uh you know, that is just five matches. There really is no excuse. If I don't watch if I don't watch a whole G one now, I am just never gonna have time to watch a whole G one. It is what it is. Like you be like ninety one matches, you, James Boyd ain't gonna ever be able to do it. So Shame. Yeah. It's a shame that I can't watch 91 matches of Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Over a month. Right. Like, With the fucking NBA Finals on deck. Yes. During the uh, NBA Finals. Right. Yes. Oh, man. But yeah, that's the end of the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this. Uh, tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex to pick up some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. Be sure to check out the other shows on the network. On Sundays, we have this show, One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keep It a Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. And on every other Wednesday, we have Roman Watches Shit. On Thursdays, we have the Grave Consequences Podcast. On Fridays, we have 8-Bit Suplex. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening, y'all. Well, holla at y'all. Check me out on 8-Bit Suplex if you missed it. Yeah. 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 Um, how'd that go? Pretty good. We talked about impact. We talked about uh, fire pro wrestling and like the history of the game and uh, different stuff about the uh, going from like PlayStation Two to PlayStation Four, how it all works. And we talked about uh, Xbox and PlayStation, like their rollouts of um, their new systems. Next, their so, new, new gen consoles. Yep. 
Okay. So uh, definitely check that out. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we'll see y'all on somewhere to midweek, and we'll give you all the WWE, New Japan, and Stardom stuff. So we'll holler at y'all later. Yep. Peace.